Hello and welcome to the Pond End Podcast, where no one listens and we don't care. I'm your host, PJ. Myself and my co-host, John, will bring you all things Fisher FC. In the coming weeks, we'll be bringing you interviews with Fisher fans from the Dockers End, players, and management. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Pond End Podcast to get all your podcast information. Come on, fish! The Pond and Podcast is sponsored by the Fisher FC Club Shop. You can find them on Twitter at Fisher FC Shop or on the Fisher FC website. Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Hello, my name is PJ. I am your host of the Pond and Podcast. I first got involved with Fisher in the spring of 2020 right before we got put into lockdown. Um, I've always loved non-league football ever since I was 11 or 12 through watching Copa 90 videos or Smith videos. A lot of YouTube is what got me to really fall in love with non-league. Um, and Fisher FC were really the first club that I discovered, you know, in my exploration of non-league. So when I decided late 2019, early 2020, that I wanted to choose and support and really help a non-league side, didn't really make much sense to go with any club other than Fisher FC. I currently run the Fish Across the Pond account on Twitter, which is a supporters group based here in Cincinnati, um, but is really just an American supporters group for Fisher FC. You can follow us on there at Fish X Pond. Come on, fish! Come on, fish! Come on, fish! Hello, my name is John. I'm your co-host on the podcast. I've been a regular at Fisher since I returned to St Paul's in 2016 with my son. Shortly after, we created the Fisher Film Crew. We've been bringing you goals on match days ever since. You can follow us at Fisher Film Crew on Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Hope you enjoy the pods. Come on, fish! Come on, fish! Come on, fish! On today's podcast, we have Peter from the Non-League Chronicles. Uh, you can find the Non-League Chronicles on Twitter or Facebook. And Fisher FC's very own Ian Murphy, who runs the Fisher FC Club Shop. Come on, fish! Come on, fish! Come on, fish! Welcome to the Pond End Podcast. We'd like to welcome our first ever guests from the Non-League Chronicles, Peter Parry and Fisher's own Ian Murphy. Would you both like to tell the listeners about yourselves? Peter, would you like to begin? I've been, been going down Fisher since the old Fisher Athletic days. Uh, I'm a real water supporter as well. And uh, I was that young at the time. I wasn't allowed to go Millwall away games. So I'd go Millwall at home one week and then the old Fisher Athletic the next week with my mates. And uh, it just coincided. We did obviously didn't realise it at the time. We was like 10, 11, 12, 13, that sort of age. But at that time, Fisher Athletic had their best ever side. But obviously, a hell of a lot of water's gone under the bridge in the meantime. The club's folded, re-emerged. And uh, since the re-emergence of the club, uh, I've been a regular down at Fisher again, season ticket holder, go home and away, get around the grounds, and just really generally enjoying the uh, people who go down Fisher. It's, it's good. It's good fun. I enjoy myself on Saturday. Peter, what, what is it that you think separates Fisher from other non-league clubs I mean you go to quite a few clubs with your non-league chronicles what, what is it that you think separates Fisher from 
those clubs? Uh, honestly, I just think it's it's always about the people, because you go as you say. I go to various different grounds. I do like to get around, um, and basically, you always get a warm welcome down Fisher. There's good people, you know. Everyone's doing it for free, and they're trying to make the best of it. And obviously, we're trying to push the club forward slowly but surely. And uh, it's enjoyable, you know. It's always enjoyable. Yep. Try not to take it too seriously, but you know what it's like. We always get dragged in, don't we? And then, you know, we're there. We've had some great days out. I would probably have to say in recent seasons, the best day out was the last minute winner at Sheppey. That was an amazing away day. That was superb. Yeah, I, we think, went, we, I think we can all remember Ian's celebration. of <laughs> <laughs> that day. Yeah, it was fantastic. Great day out. Yeah. 100%. And Ian? Uh, so, I've been with the club for about eight years now. Um, six years of that as a director. Um, mainly sort of in charge of the media and communication side. Um, club shop, clubhouse. Um, and I, I, I like to think of played quite a key part in pushing the club forward, obviously being involved since before we came back to St Paul's and then since then um, helping uh, helping to get more people through the gate, helping to get more money through the, through the pills um, and trying to make us look sort of on par with some of the big, some of the bigger boys in the league no, I think you've done a fantastic job. And saying about that, the Fisher Club shop seems to have grown and grown. Yeah. Um, started out on a Monday night um, in the press box at Dully Jamlet with a box of old programmes and some mugs uh, to what we've got now, which is basically a full range of merchandise and and the online stuff to go with that. Um, it's, it's, it's not something we make a lot of money from, but we make enough that it's, it notices, it, it, it makes a difference and makes, makes things easier for us. Yeah, I mean, compared to when you go to other clubs, what they offer on a match day is completely different to what we offer on a match day. Yeah, I think that's that's part of certainly personally that's that's a big thing for me. I always like just to come across as professional, as well organised, warm, friendly, welcoming, um, because that's what for me and I think a lot of our supporters that's what they want from a from a match day. So that's what we aim to give them. And the same with the fisherman's rest. I mean, when we first, when I first came, I think it was a, a hot drink and a, a chocolate bar that was on offer. Yeah. Obviously, the pandemic hit and we couldn't do anything. But before that, the selection grew. The beer range grew. Craft beers. Yeah, so obviously, not having a permanent licence is a challenge and having to pick and choose games that, that we can offer that um, 
certainly at the start of every season is a challenge for me to sit down knowing I've only got 15 out of 20, 22 games that I can cover. Um, it is a challenge to sit down and pick what 22 and invariably there's, there's one that I'll get wrong. Um, but it is something that, again, it's it's no it's not just with our supporters, but with with supporters of other clubs. And there are say perhaps bigger fan bases that invariably we we have got it right. Um, obviously, there's some teething problems. Um, anyone that's a regular at St Paul's knows that we're not blessed with space, so. It can be quite difficult if we do get that unexpected big crowd and we weren't quite ready for it. But we make we make the best uh, we make the best that we can with what we've got. And I think really that's something that goes through the whole club. Yeah, definitely it's, it's what the club do well. <laughs> yeah, I think that the way that we're run compared to other clubs is definitely above the rest people who run it knows what it means and it does show yeah. on a match day and obviously Peter goes to more grounds than most so he he comes back to Fisher so it's obviously what he liked yeah yeah John I mean uh, basically the local side as well you know so obviously I'm I'm down there with, with you guys. Um, to be honest with you, it's, like I said, it's always about the people, I, I find. Because I've been, I've been to other grounds and you get a brilliant welcome, you know, um, some, some fantastic clubs. I, I like, I, personally, I like going down to um, Tunbridge Wells. You always get a good welcome off the guys there. Um, there's other clubs who I won't mention, but they need to do a little bit of work in their <laughs> welcoming and Hospitality department, shall I say, uh, and and that's not necessarily clubs in the in the scaffold league either. There's clubs higher up, and you go there, and then you know you, you don't get treated any any better, any worse. But it's um, I just like what we have down Fisher. But then obviously we're a bit biased because normally go to the pub before with the lads. You have a few pints. You know you you get you get to know these people. You get to know the faces. Everyone's on the most part, welcome in and, and you always say hello, chat together and then add into the mix your, your old timers, if you like, people who had seen the old Fisher Athletic, your Donna pals, like her, her brother Ray. He, he, he had a few spells at Fisher. Fantastic player, by the way. Literally play any position on the field, Ray Powell. Very good player. Um, Donna's parents used to help out behind the bar as well in the old clubhouse. Um, you know, Bert Kite, I mean, if you if you get ten minutes, I've, I've been lucky enough to go to some away games with Bert, and um, obviously we've been on the train uh, when we went down to Crowborough. Actually, start of the season, he's got some fantastic stories. And, and to be fair, John, if you could try and get him onto the podcast and, and get some of them stories out of him, he's got some crackers. He really has, and uh, he's well worth a chat. But as everyone knows, he's great value. So if we could, if you could get him on as well. I'm yeah. plugging you in. You owe me, you owe me money, by the way. <laughs> Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Peter, you mentioned about like the welcome from other grounds and clubs 
you mentioned Tunbridge Wells. What what is your favourite away ground to go to? What in the Skeffle or or anywhere? Yeah, in the Skeffle. In the Skeffle. Oh, that's a bloody good one actually. Uh, I, I'll tell you where I, another ground. We can't get a point for love nor money there, but I enjoy my trips. They're always good guys at Hollands and Blair, I find as well. When you go down there, they're normally they're normally decent people. Again, I, I just like the clubs where they sort of welcome you and and value you coming through the gate a bit, if you like, you know. Yeah. Um, where you just turn up and they go like at other grounds and they go, oh, not interested in you, Bosh, There you go, go through there, not not a hello or, or anything, you know. I enjoy the interaction with the people as well. I think, you know, like bumping into clubs. And, and to be fair, whenever we go down there, we can't get a, can't even get a goal, can we? I think the last time, last couple of times we've been there, we've been beaten. But yeah. I, I like Collins and Blair. Um, Chatham Town's another good one because I know some other ground hoppers who go over there. Paul, Simon, you know, a few of the guys. So um, I prefer that. I prefer those grounds, really. You know. Yeah. And Ian, what about yourself? Um, see, because I've obviously been involved in this league for quite a while, not just with Fisher, but with another club before that, there's a lot of people I've known for a long time. So I've got to be careful with this one. Um, I tend to agree with Peter about Tunbridge Wells. Uh, it's one of these places I know... I walk in there, their supporters, as soon as I walk in, I've got a drink in my hand because one of them's one of them knows what time I'm going to get there. And I'll chat to them all day. Um, they, they really are brilliant. And when they come to us, it's the same. Um, Sheppy, I think, are worthy of a mention. Yeah. Again, very similar club to Tunbridge Wells from supporter-wise. Um, Welcoming to anyone that puts the effort in to go there. I think they, they appreciate away support because a, it's quite a difficult place for away fans to get to. And we're one of few clubs in this league that will take a lot of a lot of support down there. Um so yeah, it's I'd say for the for the full day out experience, because we always have a coach when we go there, I'd say Sheffield. Tunbridge Wells, a close second. Yeah, no, I like Sheppey. The bar, the downstairs yeah. bar, upstairs bar. And like Peter said, the, the last-minute winner trip was a good trip. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, to, if you just... To, if Sheppey fans are going to watch this, make sure you're taking care of my little boy, Richie Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, PJ, did you have a question? All right, yeah, I got a question for both of you, actually. I'll start with Ian. So, Ian, my question for you, it's sort of got two parts. So, um, mm -hmm. first one is, obviously, on the club shop, we've got all sorts of different, like, patterns and styles. So, just sort of, like, like what's, like, the history behind it? How do they come about? What do they get inspired by? And then also, because obviously you run the club shop, is there anything on there that you're really proud that we have? Or is there anything on there that you wish that we had? Okay, so... Um... Most of the designs are, I'll be honest, they're Paul's handiwork. Um, obviously, we've we've seen what, what he does with the banners on match day. He's responsible for the website and a lot of the designs on there are his. Uh, Chris chipped in with a few as well. 
and then I've put a couple on there. We've always had, we had, we had an online shop before when I first got involved as well. Um, so this current one's a replacement of that. Um, and there, there was always been this quite retro, retro element to what we do. Um, Design-wise, and that was that was the initial set of people brought that in. But I, I think it had always been there. Um, so we've just really carried that on with this current selection, maybe with a little bit more of a modern twist on it. Um, with regard to stuff that I wish was on there, there's a few things that I'd like to try to see if we could sell to our supporters, but they're perhaps a little bit higher than our level needs them to be from a club shop. Um, so I, I spend quite a lot of my time looking at club shops of far bigger clubs and thinking, oh, I wonder if we could get away with doing that. Um, just something to make our, our visual presence sort of every day a little bit better for me is the next thing. So just simple things like car stickers, um, Maybe it might be time to look at new scarves or uh, and then perhaps something that we can sell a little focus a little bit more on match day because I think the website now looks after itself and it's doing very well um so I think match day we we could look at a few things now um just to so they're a little bit more complimentary of each other. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'd love to see some of those stuff that you talked about on there. You know, especially being over here, there's not much I can do every day to sort of get myself involved with the club. So anything, honestly, would be welcome. Um, Peter, obviously, you run the Non-League Chronicles. I think you do a great job with it. Um, do you just want to give us a little history about, like, how and why you got it started? Um, yeah, PJ. Um, what it was, obviously, like I said, I'm essentially a Millwall supporter. I've had a season ticket for many, many years, home and away. Um, and I just got incredibly frustrated just just with just watching the team, really. And basically, the state of top-level football at the moment, I'm just sort of sick and tired of it, if, I, if I'm honest. Not, not, not the Millwall side of things, but the whole top-level football. So I thought, you know what? I'm, I'm, I need to stop watching it, stop getting so frustrated with it. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to go back and start watching non-league football, lower-level lower football. And then I thought, right, what? And then that, that sort of thought, OK, I'll start the page up um, and sort of chronicle my, my matches, if you like. So I sort of started going back down Fisher. And uh, obviously, I'll get around the grounds. I go to quite a few other clubs, uh, quite a few in the scaffold. And... Um, I'm sort of just putting together a little, a little brief match report after each game. Um, Fisher liked what I was doing, and then obviously it started getting published in the match day programmes. Um, as it continued to grow, um, I brought on brought on board Jack and Charlie because they are mad ground hoppers. They go like sort of five, six, seven games a week if they can. Um, and obviously they they now add their match report, so that provides more content. For people, uh, Ian Murphy's Ian Murphy's contributed as well quite a few times because he gets about as well. 
um, and basically just trying to encourage other people to to share their match match um, match reports as well, and 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 just trying to share it and publish it around. Really, um, we've now got um, a Twitter page for the Chronicles, um, and obviously it's basically there for everyone. It's not just for myself. I'm happy to share. I'm happy to take on board other people's ideas, you know, and and, and just share it around. But um, I'm grateful to Fisher for publishing the reports like they do. And then if if I'm not at a game, then somebody else will cover it. And then also Jim, he writes reports as well, you know, and I'll I'll get told off from the grammar and speaking by George regularly. So, (laughs) So, yeah, he keeps me on my toes, that's for sure. No, I must admit, I'm missing, I'm missing everyone down there. So. Uh, Peter, where can people find your pages? Um, the non-league chronicles, uh, the, the pages on Facebook, but and obviously we've got a Twitter account now, and the link is on the Twitter account, and also on my um, Twitter account, which is Peter Perry too. So obviously there's there's links there uh, if people want to read. Or if people want to contribute, then please feel free and get involved. Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Yeah, I mean, I'm with you there, Peter. Um, I, I've told John this before. I've never been a huge Premier League fan. Like, me personally, I'm a Fisher and an Oldham fan. And when I tell people over here that, they just sort of like, they got this look on their face like they have no clue what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I've never been... You know, I've never been a big Premier League fan. Like, I'll, I'll get up on a Saturday morning and I'll watch the games. But I, w- I will say I've always appreciated more simpler forms of football. Yeah. I, I mean, the thing is, what I find is my, my main bugbear with the Premier League is the way the teams play. Everybody's got the exact same style. You know exactly where it's going to go. The ball goes out wide to the, to the winger. The winger doesn't try and beat the man across the ball. He drops it back 20 yards to the fullback. And the fullback crosses it in from a ridiculous angle, which is probably 40 yards from goal. And then the opposing team centre half heads the ball about, heads the ball out, and then we go again. It's so boring, for like for me personally. I, you know, it's um, people. A few people have said to me, "Oh, that, that football's crap." And the thing is, I always say, "Come and have a look. You may well be surprised." Now, don't get me wrong. You're not going to get a 20. 20 pass flowing move very rarely at that level of football fisher are at. But there are, there are some decent players there and there are players that, that will go on and play at higher levels of the game. Always, especially out of that skiffle league. It's a strong league for the level. It's a very strong league. Peter, you said about players going on to higher levels. We had Ade that went up to Chelmsford. Who do you think in the current crop is good enough to move up to those levels? That's a good question, John. Um, I mean, to, to be fair, just, just quickly on Adi Alowu, he, he was head and shoulders. As soon as we saw him play the first time, you knew that you had a real special player on your hands, really. And the fact that he's managed to jump up four leagues and apparently he's doing real well um, speaks volumes for him and really speaks volumes for AJ, for the, the players that he can get into the club. I know I always wind him up about his file effects, but AJ really, he's got his finger on the pulse and he always gets good players down to the club. Yeah. Um, players that I think can move on, one that stands out, and I don't want him going, but you know it's inevitable, uh, for me at the moment is Jamie Yiller. 
I think he's, again, he, he could be playing at a similar level to Jamie. I think, obviously, um, sorry, Addy. Um, in terms of what will happen with him, where he's a young, wide, wide, wide man or forward, um, I think we've seen over the past year with him, he was, at first, he was reluctant to, to lay the ball off and give it to other people. He dribbled past four or five players and the, it had come to nothing. And I think this season, he's starting to realise where, um, OK, if I drop the ball off, I know someone's going to give it back to me. And obviously, that, that is making him a better player. The fact that he's looking up, he's finding other people, he's laying on goals, he's getting his crosses in. And also, add to that on top of what he's already got, where he, he scored some amazing goals, let's be fair. I mean, his, his highlight reel must be disgusting. If, someone, if, if somebody saw that, He'd be moving up, but yeah, do I do I think he could make Conference South? Yeah, probably. Maybe, you know, again, like Addy, because they're so young. If they can keep on improving, they're potential professional football players. So it's just if they can, um, it's it's just if they can keep on improving, if they've still got the desire to do well, if they listen to the, if they listen to their coaches. Yeah, yeah, but Jake, in our current side, Jamie Yiller for me. Uh, Ian, anyone? I agree with everything Peter's just said. I will know. Just in case there's any scouts listening, I'm about to turn my phone off, so don't try and ring me. <laughs> Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! Come on, the fish! And lastly, what would be your standout fish or moment from the past few seasons? Okay, um, well, I'll tell you what, we, we spoke about the last minute winner at Sheppey, that was a real special day out. But I'm going to nick Ian's, Ian's runner, really. <laughs> right. Andrew, Andrew Mott's screamer into the top corner against Corinthians that stopped them winning the league the other season. That was a magical moment. But at the Dockers' end, to be fair, again, Corinthians would have been sick of the sight of us as we were with them. We played each other six times that season. Every competition, we couldn't get anything out of them. And to be fair, Corinthians are a bit like the pantomime villains of the Scaffold League. They're, um, they're a well-run side. But they're well-drilled, but they're always well-drilled. They always give everybody a game. They play until the 95th minute and they make it hard work. So when Motty smashed that goal into the top corner, it was a very, very sweet moment in, in modern Fisher history, I would say. Agree. Ian? As you've so graciously stolen that one from me, Peter, um, <laughs> I'll go for Damo's goal about 10 minutes later. The <laughs> <silver points>. Yeah. <laughs> there was, I think there was still a nervousness that we could let them back in, uh, especially after the League Cup semi final. Um, and I think Damo's goal that settled it. And got us that one winning six against them for the season. Um, that was, and to be fair, I saw the the first goal from the side, so I wasn't in the doctor's end, and I wasn't part of the celebration that went with it. Damo's goal, I was in there, and that that was a nice way to end the home element of the season. It was it was a good way to round things off. Yeah. What was yours, John? 
that was a very good, but to be honest, Tunbridge, uh, sorry, Tooting and Mitchum in the cup, I enjoyed that day. Yeah, that's a cracking day. Uh, we came from behind twice. They dug in and got the result. I would, I would go Tooting in the cup. Is one of mine. It was a good day all round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cup football. I mean, that that was again. Anybody who was there would tell you that that was just a cracking day for the club. Um, everybody enjoyed themselves. I think that day. And I mean, the amount of supporters we took, and the same with the last game we played in it against Cray. The amount of supporters we took, even though we lost that game. You, to, to see from the other end behind the goal the fans opposite with the flags up was a pretty good sight and I think I mean Ian would know and yourself your way following has grown and grown oh yeah massively um, there was there was games when I first got involved where there was sort of maybe six or seven of us uh, and now to, to get sort of a steady 30 to 40 at every away game and then obviously the highlight games the tooting and cray 90 93 and 108 just fantastic and for for the staff it's just it was so pleasing that night against cray to turn around and see that amount of people that we normally to start with when we came home be looking at that total to be the home crowd for them to for, for them to come away with us now is Brilliant. Yeah. It, it was it was pretty special that. Yeah. PJ, any any more questions? No, I don't I don't have any more questions. Just just one last one. Ian, one for both of you. Where where would you like to see Fisher in three years time? Three years time. Um I'd say we're certainly capable of, depending on how settled the seasons can become, I'd say we're capable of, capable of establishing ourselves at step four. Um, while remembering this is a very tough league to get out of, and in a normal season there's only one promotion spot. So... Best case scenario, establishing ourselves at step four, but realistically, probably breaking in and staying in the top five in this division for me would be an achievement. Um, and depending on who goes up and when, fighting for them, fighting for the promotion spot again. Peter? How about yourself? Um, well, um, to get a completed season in, that'd be good. <laughs> uh, that'd be fantastic, first and foremost. But as, as Ian's alluded to, I I would like to see the club grow off the field as well as, as on it. Um, really and truly, I mean, I don't know how it would work. I would like the club to own some pools, if possible, but then... Once you do that, if, if, if Fisher did own St Paul's, then it presents a different set of problems. So, like, if the lights blow, you have to pay for them, rather than the MCT. And, and, and you know, it, 
you've got to be careful with what you want. But I, I would, I would like Fisher to have that as their home ground and they owned it for argument's sake, because then you've got a bit more security wrapped around the club, which is what I would like to see. Obviously, that takes money. Where that money comes from, I honestly don't know. But as Ian says, uh, on the field, um, we were really unlucky a couple of seasons ago when we just missed out on winning the league. Uh, and basically, that was done on a shoestring budget, as you know. Um, there are some big hitters in, in the Scaffold League, and their budgets probably outstrip some of the clubs in the league above. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we know that through, through, obviously, the conversations you have. But um, realistically, I agree with Ian. I think it's something to aim for, consolidating ourselves first at the top end of the league. And then you do have to have a bit of luck and you do have to have a good season to get out of the scaffold because usually you only have one side going up. Um, but if Fisher do go up, having seen a lot of clubs in the league above, I, I do believe that Fisher could compete in the league above. But it's getting out of the scaffold, which is, uh, which is the real difficult one. Because, I mean, you look at, again, your usuals, your Beckenhams, your Corinthians, your Sheppies, you know, uh, Hollands and Blair probably, I know they spent big, look at what they signed yeah. in the pre-season. There's a good five or six clubs. Well, I would say probably half of the league spend more, well, we know we don't pay players, but half of the league have probably got quite a big, quite a big, quite a big budget, especially compared to what we're pulling in and doing. But um, looking at what AJ does, I do believe that we can, we can still compete, even though we haven't got the money that the other sides have got. Definitely. And uh, again, I would like the club to aim, aim higher, push higher. It, it is difficult, I understand. But from a fan's point of view, obviously, we always want more, 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 more. And sometimes, it, you know, you have got to kind of temper your expectations. But then when you turn up on a Saturday... What are your expectations? You ain't going to go, oh, I'd rather we got beat to these. You go, no, we can give these a game. You've always got to believe. Always. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Well, thank you both for taking the time to join us on the first podcast. It's really appreciated. Thanks, John and PJ. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. on the fish. Come on the fish. Thank you for listening to the Pond and Podcast. On the next episode, we will have Fisher FC's very own manager, AJ. And in future episodes, we will have on the all-time leading scorer for Fisher FC, as well as the man behind the flags. Stay tuned.